With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World Early Edition today. And we're here with a bit of Midday Madness Early Edition as well for Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Wrong fuel extraction. Search up shipcreek.com.au. Head back to a few of your calls very shortly on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, 1300 736 736. But I'm lucky enough to be joined by well, one of the greatest AFL, VFL coaches of all time. 377 games coached. I think he's 16th all-time for games coached in AFL-VFL history, which is a phenomenal record. Three clubs, Sydney, Bulldogs and the Gold Coast. He's a four-time premiership player with Hawthorne in his own right and started up with the Brisbane Bears when they were up there as well. So if anyone knows about Tassie, uh, it's the Tasmanian himself, Rodney Ed from Glenorchy, for having some problems with their own. Welcome to you, Rodney. Great to have you on. Thanks for your time. Oh, anyway, how are you, mate? All right? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, you know, pretty excited about what the future might hold for Tasmania and a 19th licence, yeah. but we'll, we'll get to that very shortly. But um, there is a little bit of a, a problem with Glenorchy and fielding players and they're having a, a bit of a war of words in a way with AFL Tasmania. How are you seeing that little back and forth in the last 48 hours? Uh, yeah, I've probably got a little bit more uh, sight of talking to different people. I think... I think everyone's got to take a bit of blame. I think Glenorchy got to uh, take some uh, blame for it as well. I mean, it's interesting, Glenorchy, people don't know Tasmania. Glenorchy's got a great big catchment uh, area for for players. Uh, it's been one of the, the bigger clubs and one of the stronger clubs uh, in Tassie. To get to this stage is uh, it's a real shock to everyone. Um, but I think, you know, they've got to take some issue about why players don't want to play there and about the development, et cetera, et cetera. I think AFL Taz too, they've got to take some blame as well that um, you know, the salary cap really tight and policed really tight for the statewide league. I think it's 95,000, but the lower leagues aren't being policed. So it's affecting all clubs, but um, they go for you know the seconds players and fringe players and even some other players are going to these clubs for more money. And I suppose that happens in country Victoria as well that, you know, they go for more money to the district teams, and uh, that's happened, and that's had an effect. So I think it's a really a shot across the bow for Tasmanian footy in general. And I know you'll get on to AFL Taz, but... I'm um, oh, sorry, have an AFL team in Tasmania. But um, uh, getting an AFL team in Tasmania is not going to fix all the ills. There are some issues and some problems, and uh, if Lenorki did fold, it's uh, it's one of many teams that have folded over the last uh, over the last period. So, so it's a bit of a concern. So 2023 gives us a chance to have a complete reset, doesn't it, Rocket? We know footy in Tasmania uh, isn't flourishing, so that's been on the case. We know that it hasn't helped not having an AFL team licence when they could have had one, you know, maybe instead of the Gold Coast, etc. We've had those arguments, but there seems as if there's, there's a number of people in the blame game. It's the AFL haven't given us enough. It's the civil war in Tasmania between the two sides of the state and uh, there's a few little civil wars breaking out at the moment because it, it maybe is a time for a reset, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think, uh, I think we've really got to have a look at the structure and how what's best. And I think money can be an issue, Wayne, to be honest. And I think uh, it's probably not enough around. Like, I reckon the uh, found out the other day that 
one of the biggest concerns for me is that young players are actually going to South Australia to play with the hope of being drafted. There's a couple played for the South Australian State team last year, and one of them got drafted by Essendon this year. Two or three of the young lads who missed out this last draft are now contemplating leaving North Hobart and going to play in South Australia. So they're losing the best youngsters as well to seek green opportunities. And now that's a big... To me, that's in a big alarm bell. I mean, they should be able to have a strong enough competition that these lads play there and stay with their clubs and be able to be drafted. And I think AFL recruiters are not seeing the competition strong enough. So um, it's a bit of the old catch-22, but I think you're right. There's got to be a reset and let's revamp. Um, and it's, even if we get the licence, the 19th licence, it's still going to be five years, say, before they start playing. So you've got another five years of draining players who might leave or clubs struggling. Um, so I don't know. I think money is the solution, but whether it's government, whether it's AFL or whatever, they need to, I think, invest in the development and set the structure up correctly. Yeah, you, I mean, John Menzies, one of those players you're talking about, yeah. and he started Essendon's yeah. trial game a couple of days ago, kicked a heap of goals, but you're right, he's a Tasmanian, but had to almost go to SA to get either some finishing polish so recruiters would grab him or because he felt like he had to leave Tasmania and go to a, a better competition. So is there still a bit of a civil war happening in Tasmanian footy, Rodney, or are they? Are we, have we moved past it? I know it's been there in the past. I don't live there. Is there still a, a bit of the... The, yeah, we don't want Hobart to yeah. get everything, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, that, that'll exist. <laughs> that's existed right. since you died. That happens in all sports. That happens in life. That's, uh, that's very much uh, the case. And I think uh, uh, I think that can be bridged, but, you know, it's got to be done correctly as well. I don't, I, I mean, you'll probably some understanding of it, but I don't know whether a lot of people have got the understanding of the depth of that. And I think, like, if... To build a new stadium in Hobart, and most games are played there, that would probably be uh, an affront to the northern. It needs to be shared, and it needs to be united, and there needs to be really everyone on board. Uh, and that can be achieved, there's no doubt about that, but it's certainly different to other states um, and needs to be, uh, I think, uh, introduced the right way. So would a 7-4 Launceston-Hobart split of home games be okay or do you think it needs to be pretty much even? Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to, you'd have to get more information but I I think if you've got 11 games, 6-5 it'd be okay, 7-4 maybe, except or no no less than that. I would have thought to have three in Launceston and eight in Hobart would be uh, would be palatable. I'm just I'm just sort of talking on the fly here a moment. So, but you've really got to unite the state. I know Hobart's the biggest city and there's probably more uh, business and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, but, yeah, there's been ver- fertile football areas like, you know, Bulldog and these from the northwest coast and from Launceston, Roach and these sort of players. So there, there is a very uh, strong history of uh, football, but I think we need to unite Tassie. To me, putting a 19th licence in or getting the AFL team in is just not about the elite pathway. It's about getting the communities and having the structure underneath and having a strong football competition and then even below that so that uh, communities and people in the whole state are actually united behind it. So there was a story in The Age, I'm not sure if you read it a couple of days ago, but there were, the town hall was packed with people in Hobart who don't want an AFL stadium and and what the money spent, if the government's going to spend money on roads and hospitals, etc. Is there a large, how big is the portion of the population do you think that's against this all happening? 
it's a bit hard when you live here, but I, I was talking yeah. to someone yesterday who is a footy person, but even, and that's a Liberal Party in there at the moment, even some Liberal Party supporters who want a Tassie footy team don't think the government should spend uh, on, a, on a new stadium, on the amount of money they're putting into a new stadium with not only health, but there's homelessness and every, all the, all the, all the um, um, issues that we face uh, everywhere. Um, I heard the guy tell me, and whether it's just a flippant remark, he reckons it's just seventy percent against by the voters that they don't want the they want the money spent um, in other areas for the you know for the people uh, for the taxpayers rather than the, rather than in the um, on the stadium. So if that's the case, it's a, it's a very tricky situation to be honest. Well, if that's the case, it won't happen, will it? Because the AFL won't be handing a nineteenth license to Tasmania if the stadium doesn't get built. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know what the discussions are. That's what they're saying publicly. But whether that's, I don't know about that. But it seems like the Tasmanian people, uh, with bigger social issues, uh, don't want. Well, it said that they put three hundred seventy-five in. I've heard now. Yesterday they put they actually put in another eighty odd. So it's increasing all the time. So that's upsetting, I think, to the Tasmanian people. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Mate, we know that uh, AFL, are, uh, AFL are very good negotiators and uh, uh, the government have got to look after people, so hopefully we can find a happy medium, mate. Would would all of Tasmania get to enjoy a redevelopment of Macquarie Point or is that just a Hobart thing and it won't be something that all of Tasmanians would, would share? And it's a bit like, you know, Victorians, the, the redevelopment of the Yarra allows all Victorians to head in. It's not just about Crown Casino, but it's the... It's the development of a part of your state that yep. can be mm. embraced. Mm. Would Macquarie Point help everyone in Tasmania or not? Um, I don't know. I don't know the real feeling. I would think if there's not enough games played in Launceston, and this is my feeling, and I, I don't know, I'm going to need to back this up, but that it would be seen as a Hobart mention, then the north-south divide would kick in, I would think, if depending on the split of games. I would think, but if they're spending so much money on a on a stadium, you would think they'd have to have a quite most of the games there to recoup the money spent. So uh, that's to a layman. I don't I don't know uh, everything involved in it, but uh, I think there's I don't think it's as easy as just building a stadium. Everything's going to be hunky dory. That's that's the feeling I'm getting from, from you know from people in Tassie. And you've got a great body of experience. You were part of the Bears start up when the Bears came into the AFL, and the Bears obviously folded and you were playing out of portables and we were all travelling up there to play out of you know little uh, portable homes at Carrara in those days there were a lot of mistakes made and then you were part of the Gold Coast trying to establish themselves when the facilities you know weren't up to the great facilities of other venues so you get kids up there to show them your facilities and then those same kids go to Collingwood and they say well wow what what a what difference is this you can't have you can't have Tassie coming in without state-of-the-art facilities either can you? No, that's right. So that's that's where the there's got to be a lot of thought process. And like, I think if I wasn't a Tasmanian, it makes sense to build a state of art stadium in Macquarie Point, and it's it's a great location, and it'd be great for tourism. Uh, you could, you know, it'd be an all-purpose stadium for different sports, but it'd also be conferences and different stuff. So uh, events, uh, like it makes a lot of sense economic, I think. And this is I'm not, not a, an economist, but. Um, then you've got the tricky situation of with the northern people come down, and you've got to you've got to make the team for the whole state and unite the whole state. And if that's the stadium, anyway, that's fantastic. So 
uh, as I said, I'm not across at all, Dwayne, but it seems like there's a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, not a backlash, but there's a bit of a, a negative vibe at the moment um, about it and how it how it will look um, to actually incorporate the whole state. But you're right. It, no, they need state-of-the-art facilities. They need a high-performance centre, which I think the government have committed some money towards as well. Um, and also, if you're going to have a team, wherever that's based, so it's so, yes, Hobart, they, you want to be have retention. So if you do draft plays, as you said, you don't want to have portables or basic facilities. I mean, you want to have state-of-the-art facilities to be able to retain them. So let's say that the 19th licence does get granted. What mistakes did you see at the Bears and in your time at the Gold Coast with the AFL, you know, in the early stages of the Gold Coast, that you would advise the AFL, well, make sure you get this right because this is the thing that held us back in this particular expansion mode and you don't want that holding Tassie back with the 19th mm. licence? Well, I think it's probably more the government uh, rather than the AFL. I think the Tasmanian government and then by extension Tasmanian football people need to have a big say how it's structured not just the AFL saying well this house because the structure is so different as we mentioned about the geography that it needs just not to be the elite team and if we go in uh, and just appoint and have the elite pathways and under 18s and then into the AFL the whole structure of footy in Tassie will, will completely fail so it's different, and I think you need some Tasmanian people involved in um, how that looks and the structure and then the appointment of the right people. Um, uh, that's what I thats what I would think that the Tasmanian, whoever they are, and be good people that are, are over there um, and by the government, have a fair say in what happens. And experienced people need to be down there. There's, I mean, it's a long way away. So, you know, a coach with your kind of experience, I presume, you know, wouldn't be available as a coach. No. Uh, there'd be a lot of guys. But there was a very inexperienced group that was up starting up the Bears back in those days, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think, you know, even the Suns was all youth and a whole range of different things and even the Giants to a degree. So I think the Giants, you know, having Sheeds and uh, some experienced gummy and different things like that. So, but... No, whether it's too far away, but a, but a Chris Fagan would be a perfect coach, per se, and then have someone who can take over from him but have a good football manager. But you need to have a good CEO. You need to have the, the, the key pillars that are experienced, um, hopefully the Tasmanian flavour as well, but actually know uh, they don't see that as just a stepping stone to go somewhere else. It needs to be able to set the place up cor- correctly. Um, but also on the board, and I'd even go as far to say that probably need a Tassie Footy Commission, like in South Australia and West Australia. I'm, I, I think you being a South Australian and understand the South Australian Footy Commission and the way they run it is is a, is a great model. It's just not letting uh, the AFL run everything. It's you know the Sample League. They've got a fair say, and they and they and their competition, their own SA competition, is quite a strong competition. Now it's survived and done really well. And I think because a lot of South Australians have been involved in that, and this is the way we want to run South Australian footy. Yeah, which is the paradox. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I, I would have you on the board myself, Rodney, because it needs... You can't just have all mainland people heading back to Tasmania, can you, to, to run this thing? No, I, th- I think they need to uh, have a great discussion and debate um, what's the best way to go forward. And, uh, like, I'd just, without going to detail, I suppose, without knowing too much, have us. Tasmanian Footy Commission that runs Tasmanian football, but also involved with the uh, AFL side of it. So therefore, you've got a board of the AFL, but they answered this uh, Tasmanian Footy Commission, which would have an AFL person on as well, AFL representative. So obviously, AFL uh, have got a fair say and run it. But 
just so you've got that Tasmanian thought process about how it works and what's best for Tasmanian football, which I got the feeling when, when the Adelaide came in and then Port Adelaide, the South Australia, Sandford saying, well, we've got to, we can't wreck our own competition. We've got to do what's best for South Australian people and South Australian football. And I, I thought they did it extremely well. Rodney, what are you doing these days? You're still in the game in some way, shape or form, surely? Um, I'm director of coaching at Scottish College. Um, oh, nice. been, there, been there a few years now. We, my first year, Jamara was there, then Sam Darcy. So starting to get a few players come out of there. You know, really enjoyable, really enjoy that. And do uh, uh, some work for a non-for-profit organisation through the government, so through the federal government. So and a few other little things on the way. So I uh, kept me busy, myself busy, mate. Great to have you on, Rocket. Really appreciate your time. Uh, one of the genuine great people of footy. You've contributed so much over time. So great to hear you're still involved. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it, mate. Bye. Rodney, joining us. Uh, 377 AFL games as a coach. Top 20 games coached of all time. 16th on the list and a four-time premiership player in his own right with the Hawks before heading up to the start-up that was the Brisbane Bears back in the day. Remember the Brisbane Bears? We'll take a break shortly. one 300 Brett Phillips also not far away from joining us. We get a little preview from BP, the voice of the Australian Open, on what might happen this afternoon and tonight with Elena Rybakina and Victoria Azarenka up the 22nd and 24th seed facing each other. And Irina Sabalenka and Magda Lynette. Sabalenka, the favourite to win the women's singles crown this year, uh, given that she's the lowest seed and she's fixed her serve. So we'll talk to BP as well, we'll have a chat about Stefanos Sissipas and Karen Kachinov and Novak Djokovic and Tommy Paul as well. They're not far away from uh, hitting the warm-up courts today in the lead-up to their big semi-finals tomorrow and tomorrow night. So you, Dwayne's well, back shortly.